From Love and Radio, you're listening to The Secrets Hotline at 929Secrets. I'm Nick Vanderkolk. Hi there. I've got a secret. It's not that big of a secret. It's not going to change anybody's world, but it's just something that I carry around with me. My secret is basically that I hate watching white people dance. It's just terrible. It's terrible in every single scenario. Even when they are professional dancers, no matter what the style of dance is. Actually, you guys eat up like ballet, but that's just flancing around. Anything that requires movement to a beat, like that requires some sort of rhythm, even if it's the most professional, like hip hop or whatever dancer, it absolutely sucks. It's a pain for me to watch and I just genuinely, it just really irks me. Like when I scroll through TikTok and there's just so many dancers, so many people moving around and whatnot. And then as soon as the white person comes on my screen, I just have to scroll straight past it because it just annoys me. It just really annoys me. Um, Yeah, just please stop dancing. I mean, you can dance if you want, but just stop subjecting me to it. Thanks, bye. Hello, my name is but keep that out, thanks. I am a white woman in my mid-twenties, and my secret is that I taught myself to be racist. Oh, I'm not proud of it, um, but when I was little, you know, I saw people of all colors and races at the playground or my school or wherever little kids go, and that was all fine and well. And then early school, they start teaching you about race and how black people used to be discriminated against. And I was like, oh, wow. Uh, You know, six, seven-year-old me was like, why would anyone do that? Like, I didn't understand it. So I started imagining how white people back then used to think of looking down on black people. And I started doing it a little bit just to understand like the motivations of people from the past um and then it just didn't get better (laughs) and now I have friends of all races and blah 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 but I don't think I would ever date a black man that's my secret My name is Vigo. You can use my name if you want. That's okay. I don't honestly think it'll be a surprise if any of my friends hear this to them. I think they know that I sort of feel this way, but I've never really verbalized it. My quote-unquote secret is I think people should be allowed to kill themselves if they want. I've been suicidal in the past. I'm not actively suicidal now. Um, But I guess I just feel like Here's my cat. No one exists with their consent. You know, I don't exist because I thought that it would be a cool experience to slog my way through a capitalist society and spend my entire life making money for someone who I will never meet and who doesn't know I exist. I'm alive because my parents decided to have children. And that's the case with everyone. And I don't think that it is fair to ask someone 
to spend years of pain existing in a society that doesn't care about them or that is painful to them just because, you know, their parents decided to have kids. I don't think that's their responsibility. I've been suicidal before, but I'm not now. I always say I'm in too deep now. You know, I've got pets that I care about that I don't know what would happen to them if I wasn't here. I've I've got a family that loves me and I've got a partner that I love very much. I would never want to leave them alone. But if I was given a you know big red button that would make it so that I never existed, I would press it in an instant. I know that's probably pretty depressing. But obviously my cat loves me and she loves you too. So uh, thank you for allowing me to verbalize this. It feels good to let that out. Bye. Hi. I want to leave a happy secret because it's been on my mind a lot. This year is going to be 10 years since I attempted suicide. And I've got to say, I'm just very glad it didn't work. I'm so happy that it didn't work. Healing's not linear. It took me a very long time to come to that conclusion, but it gets better. It gets so much better as time goes on. And once you're out of the woods, which it takes time, just because you're having this negative emotion now doesn't mean you're going to have this negative emotion always. Just stick with it. Just to ask for help, ask people for help, seek help yourself, but it gets better. It's not worth hurting yourself and being forever 15 or forever what age you are. It gets a lot better because you're going to miss out on so much love and just so many experiences and happiness that you can't even fathom. I promise. And you deserve to see it through. Hi. I just called. I didn't like the way it turned out, so let's give it another go. So my secret is for like eight years of my life, I was incredibly depressed, suicidal. I felt like I was behind in life. I was starting on this career path in advertising and I decided this is not it and I went back to school. Throughout that whole process, I just felt behind and I felt like life was not worth living and there's no point to anything. I didn't get help, I didn't get on medication, I, I didn't go to a therapist and there's some people in my family that knew, but for the most part, I was dealing with it alone. I came out pretty late in life as gay, so I didn't know how to navigate some feelings. I guess I was feeling emotions that people were figuring out when they're like in middle school, first relationships, all of that drama. I moved to LA after graduating, still depressed, still suicidal, still not getting help for it, just trying to find a way out, like getting into depressive manic states where I would sometimes even buying the things I needed to do the job, but never did it. Thank God. If there is a God, I'm not, I'm not saying I believe in God, but one day I met up with a friend and he offered me a hit of his song and I had a, I believe a psychotic break. 
and everything I thought about the world, knew of the world, all of my, I guess the word would be morals and all of that just fell and I saw everything kind of clearly and, and everything was scary and even at some point I thought like, I'm the devil, I, I'm never going to recover from this. It, it was scary. It was a psychotic break for sure. But I went through it, I called my brother, I called everyone, my mom and told them I loved them and then it faded. I started to come back to myself a little bit and I never felt the same after it, but weirdly enough, I felt like it was an opportunity. I felt like everything in my brain crumbled and I had an opportunity to rebuild. And I rebuilt basically the structure of my brain in a more healthy and positive way of thinking. It's been five years since that happened and I don't get those feelings anymore. I've overcome depression and it didn't take medication or it didn't take a therapist. It didn't take all of these things. It, it took myself and it took an extreme experience to get me there. I think it was an ego death. My secret is I took a bong hit and it killed my ego. Okay, I might do this for a third time. <laughs> Shit. Why scream into the void when you can scream into a podcast instead? Call the Secrets Hotline at 929-SECRETS or visit secretshotline.org. Hello. I have a mild secret for you today because I'm not really willing to give you any of my big secrets yet, Nicholas. So I've been living in a foreign country. I don't really speak the language here. I've been very lonely and often feel weird. But I take the bus and the train a lot. And usually I'm seated next to someone like shoulder to shoulder. I think the normal thing to do in that scenario is kind of like subtly adjust your body so that you're touching them as little as possible. Maybe you cross your arms or lean forward an inch or two. And my secret, I guess, is that I don't really do that. I don't think I'm like go out of my way to be touching people or and I don't think they realize or I'm like being creepy, I, I hope. But um, maybe our arms brush against each other and then I just don't really move mine away. I just kind of leave it there. Maybe they kind of like fall asleep and then are, are leaning on me a little bit and I don't, I don't push them away or kind of move. I just kind of let it happen like that. I don't think it's um, like a sexual thing, though I don't really do it with women who I'm not attracted to. It's mostly a thing when a man is sat next to me. So there's that. And yeah, bye-bye. I I seem to have a pattern of getting really stoned when my husband is out of the house. So after putting the baby to bed, I take a like a big fat edible, which for most people may not be 
too much, but 10 milligrams will do me in. Anyway, so now I have this new pattern. I think it's therapeutic of calling secrets hotline um, when my husband's not home and I'm stoned. Okay, two secrets. Secret number one is I feel like I'm, uh, I'm afraid that I am a smelly person or a gross person. I just always have this fear that something stinks, whether that's my armpit or my breath or my butt or my feet or my vag. I don't think I do. I have good hygiene. Brush my teeth twice a day, I shower almost daily wear deodorant, I floss, I mouthwash, I wipe my butt. I think I'm doing everything that you should do to smell all right, but like sometimes I feel like I, I catch a whiff of my hair or something and it doesn't smell good. But like, are those supposed to be like the smells that attract people? Are they, do, does my, what does, does smelling like musky and what I think is like a little too ripe. Uh, is that attractive? I I need somebody else to chime in on this matter. I just worry that I'm really stinky and everybody else isn't and everyone else knows that I'm stinky. But like, does everybody feel this way? All right, so that's secret number one. Uh, hello, Secrets Hotline. My secret, which is not much of a secret, I would probably say it if it came up in conversation, but it just never does, because uh, people don't really talk about this kind of stuff super often. I put a toilet paper on the seat of every toilet I sit on. I do this in my own home. I do this at the house of my mother. Every place I go, I don't let my butt touch the seat, um, which is a kind of weird germaphobe behavior. But in addition to that, I also find that I, <laughs> I do a couple of other weird things. But don't really cohere with that. Like, I really get some kick out of farting onto my hand so that I can smell it. <laughs> and and I will keep returning my hand to my nose to see how strong of a whiff I can get, like, however many seconds after I fart on my hand. <laughs> um... Yeah. That's it for the Secrets Hotline, for now. Of course, if you have a secret that you want to share, the number, as always, is 1-929-SECRETS, or you can record online at secretshotline.org. If you change your mind for whatever reason, just call back within 24 hours and I won't publish your call. If you can, find a quiet place to record 
And please don't use a speakerphone or hands-free device. The quality of the call is much better when you don't. This episode featured the music of Nonturn, Jimmy Bean, Kishosis, Soroshi, and Q-Shop. I have links for you in the show notes. Our end theme is by Stephen Jackson. The Secrets Hotline is a labor of love and radio and made possible thanks to our supporters on Patreon. Thank you. If you want to help keep the show going and get access to special ad-free extended episodes with extra secrets, you can become a member yourself at loveandradio.org member. Or if you use Apple Podcasts, just subscribe right in the app. I'm Nicholas Sardine, Punch Punch Vendor Kolk. Thanks for listening. So that's secret number one. Number two is that...